let the book take me where it wants to take me. Um, and you know, I have a kind of loose plan of what where it's going. But I, I love surprising myself as I'm writing, because if I can surprise myself, I can surprise my readers. Right. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Darshan McAway. You're tuned in to Wild Podcast. By all means, go to wildpodcast.me. That's W-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot M-E. Now, today we have a very special guest. We have no one other than the Robert P. French. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. And uh, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I really no problem it. at all. So we're going to talk about your latest book, Jailed. And one of the questions that's on the floor is, how do you get an innocent kid out of jail when all the evidence is against him that's overwhelming? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you have to have a great detective to do it, of course. <laughs> right. But um, obviously... Uh, one of the things that inspired this book is the the Innocence Project that gets so many people out of jail based on DNA evidence. Um, and uh, I thought it would be interesting to try and get somebody out of jail when the DNA evidence is against them. So uh, I really stack in the book, it's stacked against the kid who is in jail. Um, the police have seemingly solid DNA evidence. Um, but um, Cal Rogan, who is the protagonist of my seven books, um, he manages to get the kid out of jail, or does he? I'll leave that for the reader to find out. <laughs> so this is a thriller suspense, um, you know, book. Is this drawn from what's, what's happening in today's time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the themes throughout the books is that the protagonist, Cal Rogan, is a, a former drug addicted ex-cop. And one of the themes that goes through the book, I hope not in a preachy manner, is the question of should all drugs be legalized? Uh, I think you know that in, in Canada, all drugs are legalized, not all drugs are legalized, but cannabis is. Right. Um, but it's fine to legalize cannabis. It's not really a problem. The problem drugs are, you know, heroin and, uh, and um, cocaine and all the runoff drugs from those. But why do we have them illegal? That's the question. I didn't, I was all for drugs being illegal till I started the research for my first book. And uh, I spoke to a lot of people in government and uh, I actually met somebody who was a former addict who ran an organization called uh, Vancouver Drug Users Association. And it's an association to run by former addicts to help people become former addicts. And he taught me a lot about addiction and um, and how we demonize people with, with addiction, which, um, you know, we say they're all losers. And one addict I met was the best read person I've ever met. Hmm. And if his addiction could have been handled legally, he would have, he would, he's dead now and he would still be alive. Um, so uh, that I, there's, a, there's a big case for legalizing all drugs. You have to be careful with some drugs like um, crystal meth. You know, that is such a dangerous drug that you could never actually legalize it. 
Um, but the only people who are benefit, benefiting from drugs being illegal are the drug cartels. And in some ways, some police forces are because they're getting these huge budgets to interdict drug use and drug dealing, um, which they wouldn't get if the drugs were legal. Now, you mentioned your first book. I want to go. I want to take you back down memory lane. Uh, when did you first get started writing? And what was that like that that experience like for you? Well, it, uh, the first seven years were tough. Um, I started writing in 2003. Um, I started a book and I got to about 30, 40,000 uh, words <laughs> and I kind of ran out of steam. So I thought, well, I'll try another book. So I tried another book and I ran out of steam on that. And finally, I completed a whole novel. It was kind of a business thriller about a young entrepreneur who gets scammed by a venture capital company and he takes revenge on the scammers. Um, and I actually completed it. And <laughs> this was in the this was in uh, I completed it around 2008, I think. And this was at a time when the publishing industry wouldn't take submissions by email. You had to mail in your submission. I sent in a hundred submissions to agents and publishers throughout North America. And not all of them responded, but 70 of them gave me rejections. Yeah. So um, I was lucky enough then to actually discover a writer's conference uh, here in Vancouver, actually in Surrey, which is a suburb. And I went to that writers conference and I got to learn that I thought I was going to the conference to learn how to write a letter to agents, right? Because right. right. heavens knows the book couldn't be bad. Well, the first couple of classes I took on the craft of writing convinced me that I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And luckily I ran into an editor there who mentored me for, through my first two books, a wonderful editor named uh, Lisa Rector Mass. Uh, from New York. She mentored me through my first two books and that she's the one who made me a writer. Yeah, uh, that's amazing that you say that. Um, on this particular podcast, we have so many people who are trying to hear from undiscovered authors, best time, New York Times bestselling authors, and they're trying to learn how to do the craft. Uh, when you mentioned the editor, I had the same situation happen to me. I thought I was writing some of the best books, but then when I got mm -hmm. with an editor, she pointed out some things and she was, you know, telling me how to be more story compelling, basically. Mm -hmm. And I figured it out. And I said, you know what? I want to create a podcast where I can talk to other people to find out, you know, such as yourself. Like, what did you do? How did you hone in on a craft? How long did it take you? Because some some of us think that when you write a book, it's going to take off in that first year. Some some books never take off at all. You know, mm -hmm. so from listening to your shared experience, you know, we went down that same road. So. Um, what are some key things that you've noticed in your writing over the years? Um, well, in my early, early books, I spent too much time explaining things um, and not enough time on tension. One of the things, if, if, if there was anything that I would want to pass on to other authors, is that the most important thing that you do as a writer um, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, no matter what it is, the most important thing is that there's tension on every page. 
something that drives that the reader onto the next page and onto the next page. And the tension can be anything. Um, it can something unexpected happens. Um, you know, you're expecting somebody to turn up at your front door and you open the door and it's somebody different. Um, or a question that that the 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 uh, the character asks. Um, uh, unanswered questions, um, which maybe get answered or should get answered later in the book. Um, but anything that will create tension on a page will drive the reader onto the next page. And that's what I always strive for. When I'm reading what I've written, I'm always uh, cognizant of when I'm getting bored on a page. So let me ask you, what is your desired outcome for the Cal Rogan uh, mysteries? Like, what, what do you, where do you see it going or what do you want to have happen? Well, um, you, before we were talking about movies, I would love to have one or more of the books made into a movie. Yeah. Um, but I've come to realize that what really matters to me more than anything else is my readers. Um, I've developed a, a mailing list of about um, 7,000 readers. Um, and when I publish a new book, the emails I get back from the readers are what are the, is the joy that gives me the joy of, of writing and the joy of going on to the next book. Um, and that's really what matters to me is providing a good experience for my readers. Um, I've made the commitment and I've, I think I'm pretty much keeping up to it that every book I write will be better than the previous one. Right. And uh, that really matters to me. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I know for a fact that having a, a newsletter or like a, a email database of your own community, so to speak, that's what keeps you in the loop. Um, mm -hmm. I've been writing for about 15 years now, and I think I have like 35 titles. And I, I just keep up with the people who have been supporting me for years. You know, mm -hmm. um, I've I made my success. I got, you know, books inside of all the major retail stores. But when you brought up, you know, your your database, basically, and that's that's kind of who you're doing it for. You know, mm -hmm. my hat's off to you. I really appreciate that because I was definitely one of those people who was looking forward to the next book, you know, that was coming out. And how do you find these people, you know, because mm -hmm. <clears throat> when I was coming up, there used to be a few commercials where, you know, um, authors will, you know, do a 30 second commercial or a minute commercial about a suspense thriller. But in today's time, it's uh, mainly geared towards social media, you know, mm -hmm. so so what are you doing to market your book? Well, um, I've tried many things and, and I found lots of things that don't work. Um, but the thing that seems to increase my sales steadily is doing uh, book promotions with, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with BookBub, mm -hmm. um, but I've had several BookBub deals and they are the things that constantly push my sales higher and higher. Mm -hmm. I do a little bit of Facebook advertising, which is okay. Um, I've completely stopped Amazon advertising because everybody is doing amazon advertising yeah. everybody's doing it so um so you, you can set up an amazon ad and it will make a return on investment but
but you don't get enough clicks because yeah. everybody is trying to get those clicks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, so I, I think book promotions are what I'm focusing on in terms of marketing these days. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, go on. Yeah. so I want to talk to you about your legacy. Uh, what do you want your legacy to look like? Um, <laughs> somebody asked me, as you can see, I'm older than the average writer. Uh, some, <laughs> somebody asked me, um, well, when are you going to stop writing? And I said to them, I made a paraphrase of a Charlton Heston remark. <laughs> I'll stop writing when they pry my computer out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so uh, my legacy is I would like people to say, um, you know, he he was writing on the day before he died. Oh, oh I appreciate that. Um, so so uh, what what are what are people's um, what what do people say about your first impression? Like what what do you, have you ever heard of what someone said about you on a first impression? Or last uh, about uh, about me or about about my books uh, about you about you about me yeah. Uh, He's got an English accent and an English sense of humor. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I'm now a Canadian in every way, oh, except gosh. for my accent and sense of humor. Oh, gosh, I hear you. So um, you mentioned movies. Uh, which, which, uh, which company, which network do you think that you would want to, uh, if you had the opportunity to pitch your, to pitch your book to, mm -hmm. and which book would it be? Um. I uh, I would be greedy. I would want to pitch the series um, as uh, I don't know if you've watched the Bosch series on Amazon Prime. Yes, I have. Um, that for me is one of the best detective series. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of Michael Connolly. I mean, I, he is a he is a wonderful writer, and so uh, I would like to to pitch my series to Amazon Prime. The whole series. Um, do you have a literary agent? I do not. Okay. I do not. Okay. Um, typically, um, I went through the process of trying to find one, mm -hmm. but typically, um, I'm not in a good demographic for for literary agents. Gotcha. Um, because uh, my age being one thing, I don't know when I'm going to write the next book. Right. Right. Plus. Um, I'm convinced that I make more money on uh, as an independent author selling um, on Amazon mm -hmm. than I would if I had if I had a, an agent and a publisher. Got you. Um, I've been asked this question uh, quite a bit because I'm working on some things. And what I found out about uh, pitching your book to like networks is uh, you can either have a literary agent, an entertainment lawyer. Or if you have a publicist who's connected in certain circles, uh, they'll have the opportunity to uh, basically have you, um, what's the word? It's escaping me right now. Uh, mainly like a storyboard, um, so to speak, mm -hmm. to pitch to a network, yeah. Um, yeah. something along the lines of like two or three pages that they kind of mm -hmm. get the gist of it. Yeah. So, you know, I was just curious if you uh, had an yeah. opportunity to do that. Well, uh, uh, I've recently uh, got a public publicist, Mickey Mickelson, and... At some point, he and I will have that conversation, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's always good. You get those sales rocking and rolling. So uh, let's tell everybody where they could go to um, find your books. And if you're doing any social media and take your time and let everybody know uh, what you got going on. Sure. Well, the best way to get to me is through my website, which is robertpfrench.com. Uh, all my books are there um, and links where you can buy them, paperback and uh Kindle and also in large print paperback. I've uh, uh, quite a few of my readers are getting on in years and appreciate large print. Um, and um, I dropped Twitter. I found Twitter uh, was a bit of a toxic environment. So I'm just on Facebook um, and I'm Robert P. French author on Facebook. Well, I tell you what, Robert, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. You guys, by all means, go check out jail. Check out the Cal Rogan mystery series. Right. He's been doing this thing for quite some time. I am. I'm like uh, I'm I'm having like a fanboy moment because I, I, I get a chance to see your books. But then when you talk to the author, it's like, oh, OK, how you, you know, how you doing? You know, so I wanted to make sure I got a chance to ask every question that was on my mind. Um, I really appreciate you for coming by. Um, and I appreciate you, so you inviting me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, we have Robert P. French, the author of Jailed. My name is Darshawn McAway. You're listening to Wild Podcast. We'll catch you guys on the next one.